You are listening to the Partnership for the Arts talk show with Dave and Chris. Okay, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. Chris, how are you doing today? I am great. How are you, Dave? I'm good. Feeling blessed? You look comfortable there in the co-host chair? You know what's funny is I walk in the door and I'm like, oh, somebody's in my chair. Oh, wait a minute. That's not my chair anymore. <laughs> so I will adjust. I will acclimate. And, and just so we make that clear to everyone, you have been sitting over there in the guest spot, one of the guest spots. And now you are sitting here to the right of me in the uh, co-host chair. Now I'm in the official co-pilot seat. You are in the official yeah. co-pilot seat. And yes. I even have my license, a box of licenses. They have my name on it. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise known as business cards. Your new business cards. I know, I know. Right. I've already That's been giving them out. Oh, very good, yeah. very good. So, excited about the show today, but I wanted to ask you, because we didn't really get a chance to catch up before the show started. You are with Helping Hands. Yes. And you guys get involved in, in helping the, the seniors and, and art programs. We do. Right. So, got anything lately you've been doing in the arts? Well, the last couple of weeks we've been doing musical arts with some of the communities mm -hmm. up in Port Charlotte. And it's one of the things we kind of talked about when we did the introduction with me that I've been involved with musical theater for years. Mm -hmm. And so some of the residents of one of the communities in Port Charlotte heard me sing. So now every time I go in, they ask me to sing. And that's fun for me, not only because I get to interact with residents, but I know how important it is for the arts, whether it's music, whether it's drawing and painting, whether it's poetry. You need to keep that going as you get older because it is such a stimulant for your brain. If you, you know, stay active with something like the Visual Arts Center, that can help deter the effects of dementia or Alzheimer's. And so that's one of the things I am really blessed that I get to do with my job. And we are trying to brainstorm about great activities with actual genres of art other than music mm -hmm. that I can do with other communities. So if any of our listeners have some suggestions, maybe they've seen a, a loved one and an assistant living community, I would love to hear some of the fun things they've done because I'd like to incorporate it with the people that we work with. Fantastic. And I just want to give a shout out to Melissa. Yes. Your boss for letting you be on loan to be on the show here. <laughs> so Melissa, again, we thank you for that. And she is awesome. She's very active in the community as well. And she's even had events of her own here at the Visual Arts Center because it's a great place That's to do right. things. That's right. Well, we'll have to catch up with her again. So we have a special guest coming on today. She is an art instructor with the uh, Visual Arts Center here as well. We're gonna get with Beverly here in just a minute when we come back, so are you ready to start? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. This is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us. As we explore the worlds of art. You can also find all of our episodes on our Facebook page, Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or you can find all of our episodes on our new website, pfta.org. This show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Okay, so we are back, and Chris, 
excited about the show we got today. I am excited because we're talking about something I thought maybe I was going to be good at, and it turns out I might not be. I was visiting with our guest, Beverly Yanquit, about abstract art. Yes, while I was out refilling the timer for the show, my coffee cup. <laughs> she is an instructor in abstract art here at the VAC. Beverly, thank you so much for coming in yes, this afternoon. Beverly, oh, welcome, you're welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Now, I, I want to kind of get into the abstract stuff. Now, I know you said you didn't start out with abstract art in your mind. Right. No, I didn't. I didn't even really like abstract art that much. Oh. <laughs> Until I was taking a class here at the Visual Arts Center. And the instructor said, well, and it was a watercolor class, realistic. And she said, let's expand our minds and move into abstract a little bit. And I'm thinking, abstract? I don't even know where to begin with that, <laughs> but we did, and and it turned out I I really enjoyed it, and I stuck with it. Wow. What was your original genre of art? Well, I think I started taking some classes in high school, actually, and it was charcoal, oil painting, you know, the traditional, more traditional, realistic stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now. You are an instructor here at the VAC. Yeah, I teach abstract, which is mixed media mm -hmm. and acrylics, but it's all in abstract. One of the things that I had mentioned to her, Dave, when you were out getting your coffee is I said, you know, sometimes I, I'm not quite the good artist that I think I am, so maybe I would do graded abstract art, but Beverly informed me it's not as easy as it looks. No, it isn't, and I have a <laughs> lot of people sign up for my classes because they think, well, I don't know how to draw, I can't paint, but I can do abstract. <laughs> and then they find out how hard it is because you're not copying something that you see. It's all out of, made up in your mind. And you have to know all the elements of design. You have to know composition, you have to know color, or it's just not gonna hold together as a painting. So if you don't have the basics down, it's gonna be very frustrating. Hence explains when I took the paint and I tripped and I fell and I splattered on the wall, it just didn't turn out good. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but then there's Jackson Pollock who, who kind of did that and his turned out great. There you go. Hmm. Now, are there different types of abstract? Yes, what I do is called non-objective, which means that there's nothing realistic about it. Although many people look at non-objective paintings and they want to find something in it and often they do find something in it but that's never the artist's intention to have something realistic in there and then there's the other kind of abstract that's what I call figurative abstract and it's something that is realistic but it's distorted in some way okay. along the lines of what Picasso did so gotcha. you can look you and go. you can see all oh, those are flowers or that's a person but it's distorted and doesn't mm -hmm. look real. Do you know what's funny mm. is for years, I imagined that Picasso was a much older painter. And I didn't realize that he was actually not like in... in that he's not 500 years old? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, you think of artists a lot of times as being in the Renaissance era or the classical era. and. I didn't realize that he was more modern than I thought he was. And I know that Beverly, you probably have a lot more information on Picasso than I do, but what is the 
general span for the abstract artists? Is this something that's fairly new? In the art field, that is. Well, actually, abstract art started with the Impressionists okay. because they were getting away with the invention of the camera. They didn't have to be the recorders of history anymore. Artists didn't have to do that. And so they were then, it freed them up to do whatever they wanted to do and paint however they wanted to paint. So the Impressionist artists, although you can look at it and it's pretty realistic, mm -hmm. okay. they painted their impression of what they saw. And that was really the very beginning of abstract. And then as developed, it became more and more away from realism into non-objective. Oh, that's something I don't remember from art class. You know, that was so long ago, I don't, not sure I would read <laughs> Let's see, this is why we have Beverly here, so we learn all this good stuff. Now, is this the kind of stuff that you teach in your art class? I mean, how do you, how do you handle that with your students? Well, I don't teach any kind of art history usually, no. Okay. But I do teach design, composition, mm -hmm. color, because I feel that it's very important to abstract art, and if they don't know that, then they're, they're not gonna be able to make a painting that holds together as a piece of art. So I do teach that, and then I teach different techniques. I mean, there's so many different kinds of techniques that you can use in your abstract art with different mediums and different things that you add to the painting or to the canvas or to the paper, whatever you're working on. So I teach different techniques as well. You know what I think is great is that Beverly started out as a student and now she is teaching. teaching. Yes. And I have seen that before with the small amount of people that I've gotten to visit with who have been here about how they start out here with, you know, limited knowledge and resources and then like Beverly then they step up to the plate and they share what they have learned with others who come to the VAC. Right, right. Beverly, I know for the fact that that is very true because I have often stepped into your classroom when you are teaching and kind of walk around and just see what the students are doing and, and I've seen how you work with yeah. the students in the classroom and you've got a good strong following there. Yeah. I know you're going to be starting back up here, what, September, is that correct? Probably in October. October. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I do have some students that have been with me since I started teaching, which is probably about six or eight years ago, I oh, guess. Goodness. Yeah. So when did you take your first class here that introduced you to the abstract aspect? That was in 2008, I think, seven or eight. It was with Kathy Bostwick, Kathy. and she was a, water, a really great watercolor artist and teacher, and I learned so much from her class. And so she was the one who said, let's do a little bit of abstract and I just stuck with it. I love that transition. I love stories yeah, like that. That's amazing. And I love the fact that, you know, uh, yourself, you come in as a student and you happen to have the instructor that says, let's branch out a little bit. And you found what you were looking for. Yeah, yeah. And now you're teaching. And now I'm teaching it. And I feel like I'm a much better abstract artist than I am a realistic artist, maybe because I've just I like it a lot and I spend a lot of time researching it and studying it and, and working on it. Well, let me ask you something since you're actually talking about that. Let's use that as a little segue. 
When you go to do an abstract art and you start something out, is it something that you might just have an inkling of? Like you might have, uh, oh, hey, I want to try something in this area. And then you just start playing around with it? Or do you actually make a decision on, I'm going to do it this way before you start? It varies. Sometimes I might have an idea of what techniques I'm going to use. I never have an idea of what it's going to turn out to look like. I don't have a plan. I don't make sketches. I've tried that and I find out that I'm very stiff when I do that because I try to stay in the line. line. It's it's, it's too confining, right? So my thing is I think first of all what what composition I'm going to use and what colors I'm going to use and then I just start putting the paint on the paper or the canvas and just working at it and and adding value adding more color subtracting adding until it gets to where I like it sounds like there might be some trigonometry going on there (laughs) (laughs) I just think that's wonderful because you know, we have such a, a wonderful opportunity here at the Visual Arts Center to explore and discover things that you may not have any idea mm-hmm. that you really enjoy and are good at. So it, it's such an amazing opportunity. <laughs> now, one of the questions I do have is when you have a class coming in, you're starting a new class. Let's say Dave and I decided we were going to join your class when you start in October. How do you begin? Do you try to do one piece throughout a certain number of weeks? Do you say, okay, this is what I want you to visualize in your head? Like we were talking earlier about, you know, if we had a still life and then you told your students to put it in abstract and how it would turn out different. What do you do to get your students putting things actually on the canvas? Well, every week I do a different technique and so maybe a lot of times in the very first class we'll start out with collage because you don't have to make a commitment to anything you can put your papers your collage pieces on the paper arrange them and play with them until they look pleasing Mm -hmm. and then you glue them down so it helps them to learn a little bit about composition because a lot of them are some a lot of people don't know anything about composition and so collage you can play with it until you get that down and so collage is down. abstract it can be. well yeah. yeah it can be because sometimes it doesn't really look like anything it could be <laughs> non-objective yeah. but the way you have it arranged the way you have the textures arranged yeah. the way you have the colors arranged could turn out to be a really nice oh, piece. that is so interesting now you said that the first thing you do how long are your classes three-hour classes for six weeks for six weeks okay so then I'll tell everybody so next week this is what we're doing this is what you need to bring by the end of the six weeks they're lugging some great big (laughs) (laughs) huge thing because we keep adding to it and adding to it how fun (laughs) we have a lot of stuff and we don't throw (laughs) things away and we save stuff because it might work in our art you never know (laughs) so you have the hypothetical junk drawer of pieces exactly (laughs) so you do a different medium each week is that what you do well a different technique Mm -hmm. maybe 
we might do something with stamping. Maybe one week we might make our own stamps and then stamp onto the paper. Maybe one week we might play with gels or pastes or gluing papers or building up texture on the canvas or on the paper. Do you ever use fabric as one of your mediums? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. That would, ah, maybe I need to sign up for this class. <laughs> October, I think I can fit that there in. There you go, Beverly. You got your first. A new student. <laughs> a new student. So, Beverly, hold on just a second. We are going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Okay. Hi, this is cool jazz pianist Robin King, and I listen to Partnerships for the Arts talk show. Welcome back to A Partnership for the Arts. We are visiting with Beverly this afternoon, but I do want to really quick thank Robin King for that nice commercial. Mm. What a great jazz pianist. You know, we've been able yep. to enjoy him at the Wyvern. Yes. And always, always great. I love jazz piano anyway. Yeah, and so. Robin is amazing because he can sit there, talk to you, and play the piano and never stop. It's multitasking at its multitasking finest. Multitasking at the time. <laughs> People are going up and getting photographs with him and hugging him, and he just keeps he just right keeps on going. playing and talking <laughs> and everything else. He's just incredible. Been doing a long time. But, but yes, thank, uh, thank you, Robin, for that. And if you uh, have missed the first part of our show, we're visiting with Beverly Yankwich. She's one of our instructors here at the Visual Arts Center, does a wonderful job with our abstract students, and which I may be one of them. We'll see. We'll see when it comes around. <laughs> but uh, you know what I would actually love is for some time to see some of your work. Do you have any on display at the center right now for your students? Well, I have two pieces in the show mm -hmm. that's up now. And I have one piece in the Goff Gallery that's in the uh, Florida Suncoast Watercolor Society show. Right. And that one won an award. Oh, good yes. for you. Oh, actually two, right? The one in this show did too. Right. Oh, yay. <laughs> because congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Right. We have an award-winning artist in our studio today. Yes, we do. That is amazing. Actually, a multi-award yes. artist. Yes, she's going to be highly sought after. We're making her blush right now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need to get her autograph before she becomes really famous, and we can yeah. say we knew her when. <laughs> yeah. But this isn't the only place you have your artwork, right? Well, I am in Sea Grape Gallery, Seagrape which Gallery. is right here in Punta Gorda. Mm -hmm. Downtown. On, on Marion. Marion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think I have been down there a couple of times. They have a lot of great things down there. Mm -hmm. What yes. a wonderful place to display it your is. work. We have 22 artists. It's a co-op, so we're all local artists. Mm -hmm. right. And it's a variety of art, from jewelry to pottery to 2D art, glass Mm -hmm. glassware just all kinds of things really nice and a great location right downtown Punta Gorda so you mm -hmm. can do a lot of great things there plus you know you just follow Marion down to the VAC you can get a nice little walking tour of uh, the historic district here yeah, that's right <laughs> there you go it's as not, long as it's not too hot out right it's not that long of a walk <laughs> no that's wonderful though you have a, a lot of great pieces displayed and i for one am uh, gonna go check some of them out after we get done interviewing yeah perhaps someone can take you on a tour huh but maybe the artist herself would take me and show me her pieces when we're done now there you go well i would love to that would be yeah. wonderful Fantastic. Now, I do want to ask, how long have you been at the Seagrape Gallery? 
I've been at Sea Grape, I think, about five or six years now. Okay. I don't think we touched on this. Where did you say you were originally from? Oh, I'm from West Virginia. West Virginia. Okay, mm -hmm. and we're involved in the arts up there? No, not really. Say what? <laughs> I didn't study art in college. I studied medical technology, so I worked in hospital labs for my most of my career and when I lived in West Virginia I was working my children were small and so I just there was no time for art so I didn't get involved into the arts and, until my kids were grown after we lived down here in Florida Wow! so what brought you to Florida well I think I would have to say my husband's family. His parents his parents retired to Delray Beach and we would come down mm -hmm. and visit them and we decided we really liked Florida and thought, well, why should we wait till we, we retire? Why not just move down here oh, now? So that's what we did and that was 34 years ago. So did you come to Punta Gorda then? Or did yeah, you? We, okay. we moved to Port Charlotte. Oh, okay. And what made you decide this area? Well, my husband was in banking at the time, so he sent resumes all over the state, and we went around to different areas. He did job interviews, and and we like this area. Is you know, being from West Virginia, I'm more used to a laid-back type of community, and Absolutely. that's what we found in this area. So that's why we chose Port Charlotte. There you go. Mm -hmm. There you go. I love this story because now finding that out, you weren't in art until you came down here. And now you've been doing it for, for six or seven years at least. And now you're an instructor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Beverly. It's, it's great to hear that you found your, your second calling, so to speak, right? Well, this is my third career. My second <laughs> ah. career was I became a financial advisor with my husband who worked at Merrill Lynch, so I became his partner as a financial advisor and certified financial planner. So I did that for about six, well, as a financial advisor, six years, but as his assistant for probably 10 or 12 years. So that was my second career, but this is the best of all. <laughs> this is my art there career. You, well. you know what I always try to say is you are never too old to reinvent yourself. That's why, you know, I, I went oh, back right. to school to get my master's degree when I was 44, my second master's degree when, I mean, when I was 29. And <laughs> but no, I always tell people, you are, are never at an age where you will stop learning. Only right. if you make that choice. Very true. Exactly. Very true. Now, uh, Beverly, I, I did want to cover one more thing since you had mentioned that. Um, that you had done the financial advisor, which I find interesting because you don't run into many artists that also have the financial background. Yeah. So that's a good combination there. Yeah. <laughs> she won't be a starving artist. No. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Now, I wanted to ask you, because we're going, to, uh, we're going to end up wrapping up here in just a few minutes, besides people coming in to VAC or see Great Gallery and seeing your artwork, and I know on the VAC website, they can go and they can look you up there and they can see your class schedule and, and some of the work you've done. Mm -hmm. Any other place you're on Facebook? Well, right? yes, I have a Facebook page. It's Art by Bev Yankwit. And I'm on Pinterest. I have a okay. Pinterest. Okay. Yeah. I Good like deal. Pinterest. Yeah, yeah, And maybe working on Instagram, I don't know. <laughs> My kids are trying to get me to do that. I haven't, haven't taken that step yet. 
<laughs> I think it would be a great social media avenue because yeah. obviously Instagram is focused on the visual. Yes. And so I think that would be a great avenue. To I think at. that's something you need to have your kids do for you. <laughs> I, I agree. It's a family business there. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, Beverly, anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, not really. I, it's okay. been my pleasure to be here this okay. this afternoon. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you one more question oh, okay. before we go. Some of your favorite moments in teaching class. You got one that comes to mind? Favorite moment. Uh, I think the favorite things are when I see my students excel. I, I, I see their growth, especially the ones that have been with me for a while, and I see how they have grown over the years, mm -hmm. and, how, and some of them have developed into really good artists themselves, and that just really makes me happy to see that. There you go. Very yeah. rewarding. Yes, it is. The reasons you do what you do, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, great, great. Well, Beverly, thank you for taking the time and coming on the show. We appreciate it. We having you here. You're welcome. It's been, it's been fun. Thank there, you. Yes. There we go. See, I, I didn't <laughs> <Yes>. like it. <laughs> okay, well, with that being said, Chris, yes. you have a good day. I will, David. You do the same. And we'll get together for the next show. Yes, we will. And we look forward to seeing everybody else on our show as well. That's right. That's right. So everyone, thanks again for listening to Partnership for the Arts, where we talk art. We got to get your VAC mug. Right, there you go. I need to get a coffee so we can clink. We got to get Beth one too. Oh, there we go. <laughs> thanks again, Beth. Thank you. You're welcome. Now I can finish my coffee. <laughs> this is Partnership for the Arts. Come join us. As we explore the worlds of art. You can also find all of our episodes on our Facebook page, Partnership for the Arts Group Talk Show. Or you can find all of our episodes on our new website, pfta.org. This show is recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. Ah, okay. Well, we're going to do a little sound check here. Okay. What did you have for lunch? I actually just had some ham and then I had what I, I think is a serving size. They say one cup, so I got a cup, like coffee mug, and mm. filled it with ice cream, well, frozen yogurt. So that's the right serving size, right? Yeah. I think so, isn't it? <laughs> one cup? Yeah. I would guess. Or a half a cup? Is, yeah. I don't know. It's this big? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Six scoops in one cup? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it just says one cup. It didn't say what kind of cup, so I just took my coffee yeah. mug. <laughs> Yeah, and those are generous servings. Yeah, yeah, I like it that way. You get you your money's to. worth. I know. Doesn't help your waistline any, but you get your Well, it is worth. frozen yogurt, so it's better than ice cream. I'm not sure how much, but it's better. I'm telling myself it's better. Yeah, you just keep telling yourself. <laughs> oh, but was it? You don't remember your lunch? I remember. I can't remember the name of what the... Oh. Falafel. Oh. Falafel. <laughs> Um, gyro. Ooh. You know, I've never had one, a gyro. Don't they call them heroes sometimes, too? No, Chris. No one ever says that. <laughs> <laughs>